Hello, it's another episode of Joe Blogs About Films, episode 6 to be exact. Uh, last week we touched upon The Office and A Quiet Place Part 2, kind of a, a double feature there. And again, thank you ever so much for listening to those couple of episodes. Thank you again for the nice words and feedback and comments. Uh, I Probably a good time to actually mention now, we have a Twitter account. I've set up a Joe Blogs About Films Twitter account uh, entitled, uh, well, the, the user tag is Joe Blogs Films, uh, double G in blogs. Give us a follow and you can, yeah, keep up to date with what's going on, what's coming up, when the podcast is available to listen to on Spotify and so on. But a massive thank you again for listening to both of those. If you have, if you haven't, don't worry, they'll be there to listen to in all their glory. But here at episode six on Joe Blogs About Films, it is another TV episode. And again, kind of on the back of how I did The Office, because I was thinking of what to do next, and I am hopefully going to be getting to see Cruella. I'm very, very much wanting to do an episode uh, review for that on the podcast. So, I'd, uh, yeah, fingers crossed. With the nice weather, it's quite difficult to sway me into uh, going to the cinema, because I very much just want to relish <laughs> in this lovely weather that we've been having. Anyways, all that aside, it's episode six time. I thought I'd do something different. I could say again, back with the TV. Um, and I want to do a show that I absolutely adore, but with a bit of a twist. Um, so this week, uh, episode six is entitled Why People Stopped Watching the Walking Dead, uh, a show that I am such a fan of. I absolutely love the comics. I am all for the TV series up until a certain point, but I am not naive to think that the show is, well, perfect. It's very much got its flaws. I myself have found times just saying to the TV, like, what is happening? What has happened to this great show that I once loved? For the most part, it's been a joyous experience, uh, but there's been some very difficult stretches in there. So number of reasons, obviously, as to why the show uh, lost its viewers. Um, and I'm going to touch upon them because I've been reading a few articles as well today to kind of get into the headspace of talking about The Walking Dead because of course I need to make sure that I keep this as condensed as I can because I could end up going on a rant and also I don't want to rant too much because that'll lead me down a, uh, a path of what Scott Gimple has done to The Walking Dead universe and that's a different podcast for, <laughs> for a different day um, but yes I was looking at some of the articles about reasons and some of them I almost hope that some of these articles were written in tongue-in-cheek. There's an article entitled uh, 19 Problems That The uh, the Walking Dead uh, Has That Fans Keep On Ignoring. Um, and again, some of them are a little bit like, mm, okay, yeah, a bit of a stretch. But some of them, yeah, valid, absolutely valid points. Things like, you know, the... the all the good characters have gone now. Uh, the storylines seem to fizzle and go nowhere. Too many horrible fake-outs, which we will be touching on that, of course, don't you worry. Dragging out storylines for too long, and they tend to repeat stuff. And again, I I hear every single one of those points, and I, granted at times I'll ignore it, but I'm not, you know, again, like I say, I'm not naive to think that these things aren't there. And, and the show, like any show, goes through a stage when it just isn't as good as what it used to be. Another thing to say as well, listeners, is that it probably will be a bit of a spoilery uh, podcast episode once again. Um, difficult to kind of talk about certain elements of the show and, and character arcs without saying, you know, what actually happened. So if you stopped watching it, maybe with some of the things that I'm saying about what ha what's happened later on, might bring you uh, might bring you back. Um, but for me, there's, there's problems there, and we're going to dive into the main ones, really, um, because... Like I said, the highest point of The Walking Dead really was between seasons one and five, which does surprise me a little bit because I stand by season six. It's personally my favourite series of The Walking Dead. And I know you probably sat there thinking, blooming it, Joe, you're doing a film TV podcast, you're telling me that your favourite season The Walking Dead, season six, you know nothing. 
trust me, like season six, I think, is such a well structured series. It, it 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 really does capture the comic, but also splits the story and it doesn't drag, which is something that The Walking Dead definitely struggled with. Or is struggling with rather uh, a lot more so. Uh, well, season seven and eight, and again we are going to touch on that. But season six obviously was the start of, I would say the 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 decline in the Walking Dead. Uh, like I say, as much as I absolutely love it, I do I do understand what people say about season six or why they might not like it. I mean, even if I completely think they're talking, not much sense. Um, but it was at the end of season six that we really got a drop in people actually you know wanting to watch this TV show. Obviously, you know, before that, there'd been a few things, character changes from the comics, in particular Andrea, obviously completely different in the TV show and for most part of in the TV show, especially in that in that season three. God blimey, I don't know what they were doing in that creative room or writer's room with the character because, again, a massive waste. And you're probably going to hear me saying that an awful lot, in particular, as I say, in respect of Jeffrey D. Morgan and, uh, and Negan, um, which, again, I will be talking about that because I think that Jeffrey Dean Morgan is definitely only just starting to really flex Negan a little bit and yeah we will touch on that but like I say we're going to touch on we're going to talk about the bigger aspects and reasons why so of course we'll be touching on the season 7 opener uh, Rick Grimes of course departing you know and and really from there because there's 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 a number of things that uh like I mentioned that list earlier, that some of the characters not there's no many not many good characters left. But really, the first kind of vocal point that I knew of any kind of disgruntled fans, uh, disgruntled fans towards The Walking Dead was, of course, Dumpstergate. Uh, and this comes in season six, very early on. In fact, I think it's episode three. It's entitled "Thank You." Uh, just to give a bit of context for season six, it opens where they're trying to get rid. The, obviously, the survivors of Alexandria, including Rick Grimes and all your, fav- your favourites, are trying to get rid of a quarry full of walkers. In doing so, they have to lead them one way and hope for the best, really. They do you know, some good construction with fences, everything set, you know, flares, balloons, the, the job lot, really. Uh, of course, it doesn't go the way that it's expected, and in the end, the group gets separated, which, again, is kind of the start. They kind of touched on these single episodes in seasons four and a bit of five, where we were just focusing on just solo characters. Um, and season six, again, does that, but not too much. But it, it is, again, it's it's more prominent in this series, something that they decide to really go with in season seven that isn't too good. So they get split up from this, this quarry horde, and uh, Glenn, the brilliant character Glenn, um, is stuck with this absolute douchebag named Nicholas, who, for whatever reason, Glenn is trying to... I don't know, make him a better person, even though this guy, Nicholas, is completely just a wet flannel. It's the best way I can really describe him. He's a coward, tries to kill Glenn in the dark in the woods. He obviously gets the character Noah killed as well, quite gruesomely. And for whatever reason, Glenn's like, oh yeah, I'll try and fix this guy, because that's who Glenn is, God bless him. And they end up on a dumpster surrounded by walkers, and at this point, the wet flannel that is Nicholas shoots himself, which then ends up them falling on, well, in this huge pile of walkers. What looks like, from very clever camera angles and very clever music and tone and everything, the guts and everything, it looks like Glenn's getting ripped to shreds, but he doesn't. It comes back later that we find out about three episodes later, he actually crawled under the dumpster and survived it, kind of fought his way back as he could under, and then when everyone and when all the walkers had gone, he made his way out to safety. Uh, and it just felt a little bit like... Especially when you re- you know you know the comics and granted they do change things but 
this was essentially like a, oh, we got you kind of moment. Um, you know, oh, you thought Glenn was dead, but he's not. But we always know in The Walking Dead that unless a character sees that person die, are they really gone? Like, we, we you know, the, the, the show's always, you know, we a main character. If, if someone big's going to go, someone else has to see it. Someone else has to see that. And so by not doing that, you're instantly kind of like, I don't think he's dead. Um, it just didn't it just didn't pay off. For me, it, I didn't hate it as much as most people did. I was like, okay, fair enough. I mean, I, I said from the get-go, I don't think he is dead, but we'll see. But it definitely, definitely wound people up the wrong way. And it really just went on from there with season six because as much as I think it's tremendous and we got that great story of, you know, are these guys the good guys like taking out the saviors in their sleep is rick actually a bad guy now you know they've gone a bit you know too cocky for their own good we do get to meet the big bad that is negan and i've already touched upon a little bit about wasted opportunities and i get from a perspective of wanting to tease the fans and wanting to make them tune in for the next season however doing what they did you get this fantastic opening great monologues just word for word straight from the script to the uh from the comics to the to the TV show, Jeffrey D. Morgan in his element. What an actor. Absolutely perfect casting for Negan. He's given it his best. It's such an intense scene, the music and everything in that scene. I, I could sit and analyse that galore. It is just perfect as an opening, an intro, sorry, for Negan. And with that, we get the brilliant, infamous Eeny, Meeny, Miny, Mo scene in which he takes out the cameraman. And as you can imagine, everyone was a little bit peeved, including myself. That, I really was annoyed because I'd waited so long for Negan really to pop up. Obviously, I belted through the comics as soon as, uh, as, soon as I started watching The Walking Dead and when I picked it up and, and really got to that point of just, I can't wait to meet this character. The opening, I couldn't ask for anything more with Negan's introduction. We, got, we even got the uncut version where it was literally word for word when he was effing it and jeffing it in this uncut version of his monologue. But still, you feel a little bit shortchanged when he's taken out a cameraman point of view and having to wait six months. And I just, I remember leaving the room at the time it happened when I saw it. And I was like, I need a minute because this is really, really not good. So, you know, just just the agony of thinking I've got six months to wait now to find out who has taken that beating. Um, obviously, the payoff at the end, it probably was worth the six month wait because it was such a brutal episode that season seven opener, which again is another reason why people turned off and I'll touch on that in a second. But I just think that they should have done, they didn't have to do that with the whole, oh, we'll leave them hanging and they'll find out in six months. I mean, Scott Gimple was saying, and I think even Andrew Lincoln as well, they were in an interview where they were talking about the season seven opener and probably about the backlash of the finale and that had Negan killed the people or, pers- or even, you know, just, yeah, the persons that he was set to kill in that last episode, it would have taken away from his introduction. Would it though? Would it really have? Even if he didn't kill them both, I mean, we know that he kills two in the end. Obviously, Abe, who'd already gone past his comic death, was still in the lineup. So I was already a little bit like, maybe Abe's going to go here as well. Uh, and there were loads of theories about what was going to happen. There was even theories about, you know, Negan was going to batter one and then shoot the other one kind of thing. But still, it was it was Abe and Glenn that took the beatings. Um, imagine if Negan had just taken out Abe at the end of that season six finale and we'd have thought that season seven would be this aftermath episode of Jesus, like how are these guys going to get on with that and how are they not going to retaliate to that in this, you know, in this clearing kind of thing. Um yeah, if he'd have killed Abe and then season seven starts, we're thinking, oh, it's just going to be another one of those, like, you know, something's going to happen, but not too sure. And then he'd have took out Glenn in that season seven opener. I really think that'd have been so much stronger. I genuinely do think it would have been so much more impactful, but that's just my personal thoughts on it. I think that they say the, 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 the payoff was worth it. Um, you know, for long, you know, for, for the fans of the comics as well. Um, it was a brutal episode, season seven, episode one, uh, the, uh, 
The Day Will Come When You Won't Be was entitled, which was a really nice nod back to season one. So we get the season seven opener, and this is again another turning point as to when people turned it off because they really didn't like how much brutality was in that. Glenn's beating was pretty harrowing to watch. I just felt like the build-up to it was perfect. I, I even, I think, yeah, that there's been uh, there's been talks as well, even Lauren Cohen saying that it would quite it had been even more traumatic had the beatings been happening. We didn't necessarily have to see them, but just see Maggie's reaction to them. If the camera had just focused on Maggie we'd have probably had a much more... It was already pretty emotional as it was, but if we'd have just had to see Maggie take and watch that, I think that would have been even more excruciating to watch. Um, but taking all the gore aside, I don't really agree with the torch porn aspect of it. People saying that it was very, yeah, well, torch porn, grotesque and stuff. I think that there are films out there that are definitely in that category of torch porn. I, for one, don't think The Walking Dead sits in that I think it got. I think that they may have overstepped the mark a little bit with the Negan opening. Um, there's probably people listening to that being like, a bit, a bit. No, I do get it. Like it was pretty brutal to watch. Obviously, the UK cut as well when it was aired at 9 p.m. on the uh, on the Monday after the Sunday launch in America. I think they even cut out um, Glenn's line of Maggie, I'll find you. Obviously, to cut away from his battered face kind of thing and a few extra hits were taken out so it, it really was brutal and I think that, that was also down to the fact that they had to do that because of the the backlash to season six uh, episode 16 but hey we'll never know uh, which brings me to Negan obviously because what a character he is in the comics and and really uh, it's like Jeffrey Morgan said himself obviously that season seven and eight that Negan was very one-dimensional um, that you know to start with we don't really didn't really know anything about the character I mean even the governor we got to learn more about him in his early days you know when he was in season three and four why did it take so long for us to get the here's Negan episode granted obviously when Negan I believe when Negan came into the walking dead the here's Negan comic wasn't out at that point um but still when it did come out we didn't have to wait as long as we have done obviously we've just got it in the final episode of season 10 and Negan came in as you know ending in season six that's a long time to get that one-off episode and you know I'd have taken a film at that rate and we'd and you know what though it was worth the wait, the Negan episode, because here's Negan was a tremendous, one of, one of the best episodes of The Walking Dead's history, if I'm being honest. Uh, definitely the best episode since Andrew Lincoln's departure, um, which is another reason why people stop watching The Walking Dead. They're all coming. They're all honestly just flowing. Um, but Negan was definitely one that was, de- yeah, like I said, like Jeffrey Morgan said, one-dimensional, not really expanding on him more. He was just this guy that was just there to, you know, make the quips and lean a little bit. And, you know, I think comic fans stuck by him, but from a, from a just a standard TV perspective, or, you know, there's there were some elements that you loved about him, but at the same time, there was it was just so slow. Season seven and eight were just so slow. In particular, season seven, it was after that first episode. Like, is is there any memorable moments in there other than maybe Spencer getting gutted, uh, Negan's first arrival, Alexandria, probably then the season finale, maybe. It just was poor, uh, really like slow. I thought that season seven was going to be half of it, the build-up and the aftermath and getting over what's happened with Glenn and, and Abe and that, and then you know trying to get that fight back. And then the second half of season seven, either the start of All Out War or at least really you know jumping into it, um, especially when you realise that obviously Andrew Lincoln was never really planning to stay around in the long run. I just feel like it was wasted years for him a little bit because you know like you know we, we then got season eight and Scott Gimple was saying that after obviously the complaints about how season seven, one of the main problems with season seven again is the story's dragging out, but also these solo episodes focusing on characters that we're not necessarily too fussed about. Like we do care about the characters 
characters. However, a full 40-50 minute episode on discovering Oceanside, why isn't that just a subplot in another episode? It just really did uh, baffle me at times, some of those decisions. Like, and No wonder some of these episodes were getting slated and people turning it off because it was such a drag season 7. But when we said that it was so slow, we didn't then mean that they should, in season 8, just throw guns and explosions and everything at us. And, you know, the storyline was just shooting people and, and this, that and the other. I mean... We did get some great, you know, moments in season eight again, and season eight is definitely one that you will benefit binging. If you if you turned it off before season eight, I definitely much recommend you giving it another try because yeah, it was really, really, it's much better to watch as a binge. But I still understand its flaws. Um, and again, season eight still has one of probably the biggest point for me personally. What really did shake the world of The Walking Dead, and also uh, you know, making fans turn off. And for all of the characters annoyances and for all of the characters silly decisions and what you know how what issues they got in or whatever um you know killing carl grimes was just bad like it was i just didn't understand it like i think that you know again it was all down to the fact that the, the, the writers and the creators of the show wanted it to be back to the case of this is a tv show where no one is safe but surely some have got to be safe give me a break like we're talking like about the kid that Andrew Lincoln and Rick Grimes' whole purpose as a character is to protect his son, is to find a future for his son. Why are we killing him off? I know that Judith is still there. Obviously, Carl is his biological son, and he knows that Judith is actually Shane's. Um, but why would you kill off Carl Grimes, man? He makes it to the end of the comics. He's there at the end of it. He is. He takes on Rick's legacy, and again, I I can't stress enough how much I absolutely love Judith's character. I think she's doing a really good job of carrying that legacy of the Grimes family. But I don't agree with Carl Grimes getting killed off. You know, we lost so much, so much with that. Not only from the comics that we'll never get to see. I mean, we only got a smidge, a little smidge of the relationship between Negan and Carl, which I know that they've given Judith a lot of the storyline there as well now, but. You shouldn't be killing off Carl Grimes. That for me was a big, big no-no. Um, that for me, like I say, is that he's personally the biggest one. All, all the other poor writing aside, and all the slow burners say killing off Carl Grimes, and then obviously losing Andrew Lincoln as well in season nine. Um, which I do have to say though, season nine for me was definitely up there with one of the better ones. Um, if you again have not seen that, it's a definite fresh start. I would even go as far to say, you know what? If you gave up at a certain point, just don't bother picking it up and just start from season nine because. It's, it is. It's, it's a new start. I say it's a new beginning. Um, it's just that the story isn't being spoon-fed to us anymore. It's actually we're allowed to, you know, we're trusted as an audience member to enjoy this TV show again purely because Angela Kang and the fantastic work that she's done. I cannot praise Angela Kang enough for what she's done for the TV show and Walking Dead because she doesn't structure the episode like it almost felt sorry like the episodes before in season seven and eight where they get a comic book moment and we have to absolutely have to have that moment in a certain part of the TV series. Like, it has to be a season finale. That moment has to be a finale or an opener of an episode or this bit for mid-season finale. But yeah, that's gone now. Angela Kang just lets us have the TV show as it is. She just lets the episodes run. It is so good to see because, as I say, Rick Grimes left in episode five of season nine, and that was it. Like, there was no kind of, like, right, it needs to be a finale episode, it needs to be an opener or whatever. It was just like, a, we'll let the story flow. The fans will keep up with it. It'll be absolutely fine. And it is fine because the show is much better. Granted, season 10, for me, has been a bit up and down, and I'm very, I am excited for the season finale just because I know that it's ending and we're going to get a good end. It's not going to get axed or, like, cancelled without an official ending kind of thing. I mean, for me, uh, you could argue, in a way, that they could have ended 
ended The Walking Dead at season nine, episode five, or even just as soon as Rick Grimes kind of left is, is where I'm getting at because, you know, it's such a huge loss to the show. And like I said, the, the story plays out. It's a very well-written story. It's great that we got those extra additional episodes because it did kind of seem at first that Andrew Lincoln could have gone at the end of season eight. Um, but just imagine if, if Rick had have sacrificed himself and... It could have played out exactly the same way as the show did, so, uh, you know, in, in that episode with the bridge and, you know, he blows himself up essentially just to stop the walker herd, getting back to camp kind of thing. And, you know, yeah, instead of having the whole CRM taken in with the helicopter, which again, we're still waiting to find out, you know, even more about them. Um, can the payoff of the CRM, the Civic Republic military can that actually be worth all of this that we've had little hints at from season eight onwards? You know, with the, heli- the first appearance of the helicopter, you know, every now and then these little hints, we've obviously got a spin-off as well, The World Beyond. Uh, they're now appearing in Fear the Walking Dead as well. Is the payoff of the CRM going to be as as big and as grand as what they're expecting? I don't know. I, I, I kind of think it can't possibly be. Um, but sorry, I, I went off there, sorry. Um, but with Rick Grimes, yeah, instead of going off in the helicopter... Why couldn't he have just sacrificed himself? And then we could have ended it with, again, the same way. You know, these these new characters are coming. They're trying to escape a herd of walk, or a crowd of walkers, and, and you know they're saved by Judith, and she picks the hat up. She puts the hat on the infamous Grimes hat, and and we just leave it there. We don't need anything else. We just we just know that she's now carrying the Grimes legacy, like she's doing in season nine and ten, anyways, and she's doing a fantastic job. But yeah, I think it would have been um, it would have been interesting, anyways. But I just think that all these points that I've raised briefly here over this podcast episode is why people stopped watching it, which is a great shame because some of these characters are incredible. Rick Grimes is one of the greatest leads in history of TV for me. He's up there with Fox Mulder and everything and Heisenberg. Um, but yeah, like it's just a shame that people didn't or haven't stuck it out. And I would like to think that maybe when it is done that people start to watch it again because there are so many good moments in it. You know, Rick's last episode is definitely one of the better ones of the later season. Even the whispers when they came into it, the whole build-up to that was brilliant. And again, just great craftsmanship and great great creative team behind it. I know we're getting all these spin-offs. I know that Scott Gimple's still meddling in the background, but if Angela Khan can just carry on as she has doing, I think we'll have a very, very good season 11. But that's my points on why The Walking Dead and why people stopped watching The Walking Dead, rather. Uh, as I say, I am a huge, huge fan. I don't want people listening to this thinking I'm just going to slag it off or whatever. I'm a huge fan of the show. I really am. I say I love the TV show. I love the comics. I'll watch it regardless. Season 6 is my favourite. Let me know what your favourite is, though. I say you can get in touch on Twitter. Joe Bloggs Films is the handle. Follow it. You can see what's coming up and when. But this has been episode six. Joe Bloggs about TV this week, actually. And it's a say about why people turned off or stopped watching The Walking Dead. Until next time, though, thank you ever so much. I'll be back with more thoughts on TV and film. Don't you worry.